folks, it's Dr. Christine Sauer here with Sparkles for Better Mental Health, Growth in Five Dimensions. And today I'm very happy to have Amanda Love. What a nice name on the show. And Amanda just talked to me a little bit. She is a wonderful lady, a holistic nutritionist, and has a lot of experience, personal experience with fibromyalgia and other hazards of life. Tell us a little bit about your story, Amanda, and how you became the person you are today. Yeah, thank you for having me. So I was very sick as a little baby, um, born six weeks early. Um, and I just had constant, 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 like sinus infections, sore throats, headaches. And when I, my parents divorced when I was six, Dad remarried when I was eight years old. And right away, I could look back now and be like, why didn't I have like any help going through that traumatic experience? Um, my dad married someone. She was going through a divorce and he was dating her and she was pregnant with her second. And he married her like a year after the baby was like one years old and then she had like a two-year-old and at this time it's like there was a lot of like courts and evil and she was a very evil person and stuff like that and i don't say that lightly with i never say that about anybody and so there was just a lot of not physical but just mental stuff happening and I could help like on this show it's it's all about mental health and i would since i was the oldest i would get told well you should speak up and then if i spoke up i was the one always in the corner standing in the corner in the crack or i remember one time she being mad at me because she's like well the other kids gotta go to something but I had to stay here with you because you're the one who got in trouble. And just like, I remember, and this is something I cried about earlier this year where I, I had a healing session with someone at my church. And I had this memory come up of me as a little child, 12, 11, and these, I could still sit, like picture the room, these blue rocking, like rocking big armchairs. And my sister and I getting lectured for three to four hours at a time. And I just like, I just broke down crying earlier this year. And it was realization that I needed to heal and um, that memory, but I ended up leaving like we ended up leaving california and we moved to arizona and this was the month before my 14th birthday but that last year there was courts there was all that so that takes a toll on a young person's body and i was sick probably every week or so 10 days at a time i would be super sick um and when we moved to Arizona, I started to get better in the sense I wasn't sick every week or so, but it was still four or six weeks. 
type of thing. And out of high school, I completed a personal trade program, amazing program. And I was like, okay, I want to do nutrition. I love nutrition. My favorite show was The Biggest Loser at 14 years old because that's when it started. And um, I was just like, okay. And I could turn 20 years old like 10 days later. And all of a sudden, I just was so exhausted. I couldn't get out of bed. I was so fatigued. I was so in pain. And then 10 months later, I went to a top rheumatology place in the country. And it was only 20 minutes away. It was in Mesa, Arizona. And they were like, you have fibromyalgia. And I was 20 years old. Hmm. What did you think about it then? Uh, so actually, so I was actually diagnosed with this 12 years ago in October. And I thought, I think that's a good question because people are like, what did you think? And I think I thought, oh, the doctors are going to get me better. Like I have some relief because I have a diagnosis. And I think that's a lot of what people think when they get a diagnosis. It doesn't matter if it's fibromyalgia or diabetes or heart disease or whatever it is. You feel like the doctors are going to give you an answer. And the doctors just are like, here's a pamphlet on it. And then they're like, well, we think, and I know that I walked out, I walked out of the room and I knew they were talking about me because I'm very like, I sense things about like, I know when people are talking about me and they're like, I asked my grandmother later and they're like, well, we think she's depressed. Well, of course you're depressed when you're 20. And I have a sister who's exactly two years younger than me. Her birthday's on the 6th of January and mine's on the 5th. And I couldn't even hang out with her and her boyfriend, and who is now her husband. And I was like, okay. And the only thing that they suggested was medication, which was Cymbalta and Larica, the ones that they recommend for fibromyalgia. It's very advertised in America. Um, important thing, right? What's advertised has to work. <laughs> well, what's supposed to advertise is supposed to work. And it was like, it's a, if you look it up, there's a good we website. And I tell people this website is good to look up side effects of things. It's called drugs.com and just put the name of the, and it's, and it's, it's an antidepressant. That's what it is. At 20 years old, you're going to put me on that? Then my aunt, my grandmother, who had done nursing and stuff like that, was like, you're not staying on this. I don't know how long I stayed on it. Maybe a day, couple of days, right? How did you feel on those drugs? How did I feel? I think I, I remember nauseated. I really don't feel good when I take anything like antibiotics. They report when they take psychiatric drugs, they feel like a zombie. It changes their personality. Was I think I think I only took it for a day. So, but like, I just know I remember feeling like nauseated and off and stuff. It felt weird. Um, you didn't like it, right? No, I never. I don't do 
yeah i and the few times i've done like antibiotics like it's not been good and i think that's the thing too is people think you're not supposed to feel good on these things and stuff but they just if you're sick take care of yourself the natural way and not like rest and like and stuff like that um but the let me ask thing you was, how did you turn that around what made the difference what made you look for a different solution than what the doctor suggested um yeah what they what turned it around was like i did physical therapy was also something i did and pain management which was crazy now i think about it and the thing that turned it around was them actually or actually it was my grandmother because my grandmother got her i tell everybody she's the biggest driving force to getting me well and she was like found a newspaper clipping and this was 11 and a half years ago almost and she was like this was in 2011 so yeah and she was like and the newspaper clipping said a wellness talk by a wellness chiropractor and it was 10 minutes away which is totally a god thing and she went to his talk he's like your granddaughter has is diagnosed with fibromyalgia she's only 20. she's been very sick for a very long time and he was like that's what my grandmother was like a light bulb moment went off in her head and she's like oh he gets it yeah and i worked with him for eight months and i did stool testing i did saliva testing which i hadn't done before like food sensitivity testing i found out I had two genes predisposed me to a gluten sensitivity highest in his practice at the time i was 21 years old at the time um uh soy sensitivity i found out egg sensitivity dairy sensitivity um but that's the thing too where i tell people like that started to turn it around and and i did other things after that i did acupuncture and i did vitamin shots and stuff like that but i think also i think it just took years like i felt better a couple months but i feel like i was still dealing with sickness i think too so i think it takes time for your body if your body's been like 10 15 years 20 years takes time for your body to get well and i realized this past year it's been a year last october after a couple months i had been in a new state and everything like that i was like i got sick in october i got sick at christmas time i was getting sick in january february I'm like, what's the common denominator of why I'm getting sick all the time? And I was getting like sinus infections. And they also say cedar's really bad here in in Texas. Um, but I also had gotten an ear infection. I hadn't gotten an ear infection probably like five or six years. Like I hadn't and I and so I was like, what is going on? And then looking now looking at it i could be like okay i have some trauma stuff that needs to be dealt with that is contributing to why i'm getting sick and so then i did some 
healing stuff with my church. I did something in April and I was like, okay, this feels good. This is good. I went four months without being sick. And then I was like, you know what? Then in July, I had someone I was dating and I had to let that go, but I had to let go of a toxic friendship. And it was a friendship I had for 10 months. And I was like, huh. And then I got sick after that. And I was like, hmm, yeah. So that was interesting. And then I was like, huh. So then in like September, I did it again. And then recently I'm doing a discipleship program. So I just did it like a week or so ago, but I've done it four times this thing and this this thing is just two hours with three other women and they're talking to you and they're like what memories are coming up for you that are like and they'll be like okay can you see that like god through those memories can you picture jesus through those memories but also the big thing was can you forgive those people do you want to forgive those people for saying horrid, horrid things about you? I had some really crappy, horrid things, um, especially the, what the friend was saying, the 10-month friendship that I had to let go in July. That was, and so, and that was the thing. They're like, okay, can you give, give that person? Can you speak truth into their life can you speak a blessing into your life their lives which is not always the easiest thing to do <laughs> but but it's helpful because and then you're starting to realize okay it's it's not it's about forgiving them even if they never know it and interesting enough i actually had two of those people actually try to come back into my life a week or two ago so it's so weird but yeah and you're like but one was just because they wanted to be on my podcast and their sister was reaching out and they did and it wasn't like they were reaching out and then the friendship I had that was like my closest friendship here and it was my first friendship here he reached out to a friend of mine he's like well I wanted to start and he had been friends with her too and he hadn't talked to her the same amount of time as me and but nothing had happened with her and he's like well can i have her number and stuff and i'm like i told the friend no <laughs> and but that's the thing is he spun it into something else right and i said a very nice thing about like I have good friendships and I'm glad he's getting healthy and I wish him the best. And sometimes you, for your mental health, you have to realize people aren't always going to take whatever you say the way you say it. And as soon as I let go of that friendship with him back in July, like two or three weeks later, I just felt this inner peace of like, I don't have to worry about what what's his going on or like feeling on edge or 
like him judging me and stuff like that because he was judging me about like who I date like if I should be married and like just the craziest things and it's like you have to have to be careful who you're letting into your life that's a good point and you know when I summarize what you say a little bit you're yeah. dealing with your trauma your fibromyalgia whatever I don't believe that's even a diagnosis it's just yeah. a label it's just a label it's just a label for a symptom complex like many diseases that they give medication for and that can be healed in another way not everything can if i break my arm i want conventional medicine right if i have symptoms like you i think and i commend you for that your way was a much better way a much more natural way and of course as a naturopath and a doctor i love both yeah. in their place and I always talk about five-dimensional wellness. And I think your story has all five dimensions in it. Yeah. Because you have a physical aspect. You were tired. You were in pain. You yeah. had a mental aspect. You were struggling with the effects of the trauma. You had a social aspect. You had relationships that hurt you. You had a spiritual aspect because you found your solace in your church, in your belief system, which is awesome. And probably yeah. there's also a financial aspect that is always somewhere in the mix and they all go together and form a whole. And yeah, I think that's the thing is what people don't think about is that people just connect. They think it's just one aspect of your life and it's like, well, it's all about the food or it's all about physical exercise. Like those things are a small part of your lives. <laughs> I mean, food's amazing. I love and working out's amazing, but sometimes I feel like exercise is like really put high up there. And I'm like, and I'm like, that's down more. I mean, physical exercise is great. You need it. I love it. I love fitness. I love, I'm a huge person for weight training but like if you haven't dealt with your trauma stuff everything else I feel like it's sort of gonna just you could stay good for on some of the things but if something trauma comes up you're gonna fall right off and you're gonna reach for that cookie or reach for the cupcake and stuff so I, I totally agree if your emotions make you eat all the time and you deal with don't deal with that uh then you won't be successful. And many people that try to lose weight fall in that pit hole. They try all kinds of diets, they go to the gym for a little bit, and then they give up because the weight all comes back because they haven't dealt with the root causes, which are many. And yeah. And I think mindset plays such a big part and stuff like that. And people are like, I don't want to work on what my mindset is or what i believe is like then we have habits that we've created as children to protect us uh, from things and stuff like that mm -hmm. um when i was sick and stuff like that i was like really into Bean and cheese burritos was my thing. That was a comfort food for me and stuff like that. I don't have the, that now, but I mean, like, you have comfort foods that you're probably still carrying into 
your adulthood and stuff like that. Um, and I think that's the thing too. People just don't want to sit down and think about things. They just are like, I got to go. I got to do this, this, this. And you miss out on enjoying food, enjoying pleasure of food and actually relaxing. And it's the best thing ever when you have a meal with somebody and you're actually enjoying that meal and you're not like on the phone texting each other while you're eating or wolfing down the food. Well, it's and the thing is, it's not as and I'm and I know this now that I'm as I'm by myself. It's just like it's not fun to sit down. You have to make it fun too because it's like put some music on or light a candle or something you have to make it fun because it's not always fun when you're by yourself and stuff like that but if you're dating or you're like I went and I visited my sister back in May and I commend her for like this because every meal that I was with them and they do this for at least breakfast and dinner I mean the kids there she has a seven month old and she has a three year old and I commend them because they sit down and everybody like has dinner together. Like my sister's like, oh yeah, we at five o'clock, everybody's sitting down for dinner. And she's also taught the kids that to eat what they eat. And I think that's the thing too. Like that is very important to teach the kids to love the foods that the parents eat and that are in the end, hopefully the parents eat something that's good for them and the kids like more vegetables and foods. And yeah. And I think that's the thing too, where I tell people it's like my three-year-old niece was like, it was like eight o'clock at night. She's like, I want a milkshake. Well, a milkshake to her is not a milkshake. It's just like almond milk and chocolate. And like, maybe I don't remember if it was chocolate powder, like, a fruit and like something really simple. I don't remember exactly what they put into it, but like that's a milkshake to her and stuff like that. It's and not like, McDonald's, which is sugar. Yeah, sugar. Nuts. Yeah, and that's the thing too. That's a that's what she thinks as a milkshake. Of course, we went to church the next day, and of course, they were passing out donuts. So of course, she had a donut, but. Does she have to, Swedes very often? No, my sister's like very like knows organic and very my sister's like, I'm not gonna have her have Swedes. Like they eat super, super healthy. And of course she goes to a daycare. So of course she, you can't control that, but you can control and teach your kids at a young age and at home what you should be putting into your body. That's a very important point to teach your children how, what's the right way to eat. And of course, when they go out of the world, they're exposed to all kinds of temptations and to learn how to deal with it. And it's okay to eat a donut every now and then, yeah, but not every day and then throw cheese, nachos or some other behind it. That's a good point, thank you. Yeah, and I think that's the, it's interesting too, because I think parents think things are healthy also because I do kids stuff too. And it's like, 
but they get granola bars or like stuff like Cheez-Its or just like, instead of just basic fruit and stuff like that. So you have to be careful what it says on look at the ingredient list. And really, if you really shouldn't have a ingredient list for things, really should just have natural fruits and stuff like that. So really looking at that ingredient list and seeing, okay, what is in there? Is it sugar? What's the first ingredient? It's probably sugar. Yeah, and there's tons of names of sugar. I have actually a little worksheet for my clients that I give them where there's all the names for sugar that you find of the ingredient list. I think it's a hundred or close to. It's wow. unreal what all they call sugar so they don't have to put it right all on top. They can spread it a little over the label. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Now, I love that, that you say that as a young person because many young people nowadays they are so absorbed with playing computer games that they just throw some food in there that's easy to make now i know you do a lot of meal planning too and i think part of eating healthy in a short period of time when you're also working and many families have work involves meal planning is a big part what do you think about that yeah i think that's the thing too and I think when people hear meal prep, they get scared. And I'm like, why? We don't make things. We, My whole thing is don't make things complicated. And you don't have to meal prep every single meal. I think that's the thing, too. But, like, what is, do you have a spare hour? Like, when you get home from the store, do you have a spare time just to cut it all the vegetables up, cut it all up? So then it, or it put the seasonings on it and do all that and put it in Ziploc, put it in like, I do glass containers are always the best. And then at whatever time, then you could just throw it into the oven. Or can you do that? Can you cook a bunch of chicken and use the chicken for, maybe a soup or like a salad or whatever like multitasking is so important but i tell people why do we overcomplicate it you don't need a recipe that's like 20 ingredients unless you love to cook and stuff and you don't want recipes that maybe are like well it has a separate it has an other thing to it unless it's maybe like a salad dressing type thing but like but i think the thing is it's really simple just to throw things into a crock pot make a soup have a soup for a couple of days throw i i'm big on just like throwing sweet potatoes vegetables into the oven that's easy i feel like that complicating it is what scares people so then they don't take action. And if you're starting with meal prep, don't do meal prep with all the meals at once. Get into a rhythm of meal prepping. So maybe one day you sh you order you order your groceries and stuff like that. And that's a nice thing to do is order your groceries because then you're not tempted to get the sugary stuff not going down those aisles but um then maybe then 
a couple days later, you're like, well, I have that day to meal prep. So look at your schedule and be like, okay, Monday nights, I have something going on. Can't meal prep that night. But Thursday night, I can meal prep or Friday night, right? And I think starting with two meals and for a couple weeks and then getting into a rhythm and then maybe adding a different thing, breakfast or whatever. But what is the hardest meal for everyone to cook healthy is dinner time. So I, oh, I feel like that's the one that everybody should start with because we don't want to be at nine, five o'clock be like, okay, it's time for dinner. What's for dinner? It's five o'clock. We are hungry. What can we eat? Yeah, what's for <laughs> oh, dinner? Let's just order pizza. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, what's for dinner at five o'clock? And then you're like, well, okay. And then you have your six-year-old saying, what's for dinner? And you're like, oh, great. We need to go to gymnastics practice at 6.30. And I only have 30 minutes to cook. And there's homework and whatever and all that. That's you a good point. Um, Very good point. And I think that's the thing too, is look at your schedule and be like, okay, my kids have this. And I, I feel like a lot of times I think making sure we don't over our schedule ourselves too, where we have some time on the weekend. Do we have, like, even for me, I'm like, as someone who doesn't have kids but is single but is like in dating someone is like i'm like okay i can't schedule all i can't have every single night of the week busy so i'm like okay so what night and this is what parents need but like everybody needs we need downtime what's a night that you just have downtime mm. what's a night that's your that's your mental health night right where it's like reading a good book or even if it's just watching a TV show, something you enjoy doing or taking a bath, right? What day is your mental day to just relax? You should take time to have some mental something every single day. So it's maybe activities like that yeah. can help. Well, yeah, but what's something extra you could do maybe or a little more time and stuff like that just take a break and then maybe what is your night to do a little meal prep or maybe twice a week a little meal prep or something like that right and i think it's also important to have cut up vegetables and, uh, and yeah ready so when you the hunger comes that you don't grab a chocolate bar because you have nothing else in the house and you don't really want to start washing and cutting up vegetables then when the hunger hits you and you want to eat something, but there's something in the fridge where you can just help yourself. Yeah, and that's why I have like so many glass containers because I'm like, I'm just already like, and I think that's the thing too, is it's nice to have a lot of glass containers. So you're like, okay, it's all in these glass containers all ready for me to go and stuff like that too. Now, some weeks you're going to have off weeks, and I think that's the thing, too, where life's crazier, busier. So then 
maybe you have a little slower week the be week before and you can meal prep for next week and stuff like that. I think finding a balance because you're not always going to be perfect. You're not going to have certain days, but looking at your schedule and be like, okay, Tuesday nights, I'm going to meal prep for a few hours and stuff like that. Yeah. Looking at your schedule is the biggest thing. Those are good tips, Amanda. And I'm sure when the listeners uh, hear that, some of them will say, hmm, what does Amanda do? Can I contact her if I want to learn something about that? What do you say? Where, do, where, where can they find you? Yeah, so I have a podcast. It's called Physical Emotional Health Secrets. I have a Facebook group, Physical Emotional Health Secrets. And social media is a great way to contact me. And it's Amanda Elise Love, and which is also my email, and it's at gmail.com. So any way to learn about, like, if you want to work with me one-on-one -on -one consultations and, like, help you realize, okay, I need help with the mindset, I need help with the food, or I need help with the cooking. And I also do online cooking classes and person cooking classes. So depending on if you're in Austin or stuff like that, we could talk about like things we could do, like grocery shopping and stuff like that too. So that that is wonderful. And I will make yeah. sure to share your contact information under the video and in the resources. Yeah. And, uh, let's wrap that up. Sam, thank you so much, Amanda, for being a guest on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And this was another episode of Sparkles for Better Mental Health. Make sure to tune in for the next episode. Bye-bye.